0: This is KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's Friday, October 13th, and this is the KVMR Evening News. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Scientists in the Central Valley are mounting an effort to save what's left of the Golden State's last wild salmon run. And Governor Gavin Newsom signed two bills yesterday. One intends to modernize California's Mental Health Services Act. While the other hopes to raise money to build new housing and treatment centers, the California report has more. After regional weather, KVMR's Kelly Reese sits down with Crystal Blue Jennings from the Nevada County Bear River Library for this month's installment of What You're Reading.
1: This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaños in San Francisco. And these are some California stories we are following. State and federal scientists are teaming up to rescue the state's last truly wild salmon runs after an abrupt collapse in their Central Valley population. Less than two dozen spring-run Chinook salmon returned to spawn this year on Deer Creek, a Tehama County stream that was once a salmon stronghold. Only nine migrated home to nearby Mill Creek. Brian Elrah is in charge of federal salmon recovery efforts in the valley. He says the stakes are
0: high. Losing those populations is breaking the connection with wild salmon in the Central Valley and populations that have thrived for thousands of years until relatively recently.
1: Biologists have captured 300 juvenile salmon so far from Deer Creek to begin a breeding program at UC Davis. Kaiser Permanente will pay a $50 million fine and overhaul its behavioral health care system in a settlement reached with state health regulators. It's the largest ever levied by the state's Department of Managed Health Care. The department launched two investigations into Kaiser last year. That same year, its Northern California mental health workers went on strike for 10 weeks, complaining of heavy workloads and long waits for patients. The department found the health care giant was failing to provide timely behavioral health care. Kaiser has also agreed to invest $150 million to improve their services. Governor Gavin Newsom yesterday approved a measure asking California voters to approve major changes in how the state funds mental health care. KQED politics correspondent Guy Marzorati has more.
0: The bills would shift more mental health dollars toward housing alongside a $6.3 billion bond to build more care beds. The proposals won wide backing in the state legislature. It's Newsom's latest attempt to help Californians who are suffering with severe mental illness or substance abuse on the streets. Newsom signed the bills at a ceremony in Los Angeles. This was bipartisan legislation that we signed today. Democrats, Republicans, all of us impacted by the issue uh, of mental health, mental illness. California counties say moving money toward housing leaves fewer dollars for core mental health services. The plan will appear on the March primary ballot as Proposition 1. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems working together to advance knowledge and improve lives, stanfordmedicine.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, Advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmitocean.org.
1: And now to a preview of our sister show, the California Report's weekly magazine. This week, a new law that was supposed to help transgender people in prison. As reporter Lee Romney tells us, the law has had some unexpected consequences for transgender women. California has passed legislation allowing transgender inmates in the state's correctional facilities to be assigned housing based on their gender identity. In September, California
2: governor Gavin In September of 2020, Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law a major policy change designed to make prisons safer for transgender people.
1: California now joins Connecticut, Rhode Island, New York City, and Massachusetts in recognizing
2: Transgender women held in men's prison face by far the highest rates of physical and sexual violence. This was huge.
1: State Senator Scott Weiner authored the bill pointing out that transgender women put in men's prisons are often assaulted and raped and put into isolation for their safety.
2: Well, that's exactly where Saya Skylet was when she got the news about the new law, stuck in solitary confinement for her own protection after multiple assaults by other prisoners and, she says, correctional staff. The prospect of serving out the rest of her time in a women's prison seemed nothing short of miraculous. For me, what it felt like was, you know, a, a, a sanctuary, a place to be who you were meant to be without any...
3: Retaliation without any violence, without any judgment. No more having to hide in fear. No more having to be quiet about who I really am. Like I am excited. I couldn't wait.
2: But for Sayea, women's prison wouldn't turn out to be any kind of sanctuary. People screaming at me, yelling at me, calling me a man, and I need to go back to the men's prison. She wasn't the only one. False allegations from other prisoners landed some trans women in solitary confinement. Our investigation will take you behind prison walls to expose how a well-meaning law created very unwelcome consequences for Saia Skylet and other transgender prisoners in California.
1: Join guest host Lee Romney to hear her investigation on this week's California Report magazine. Tune in on your public radio station or download the magazine's podcast. On Saturday, the moon will line up between the Earth and sun, blocking out all but the sun's outer edge and creating a ring of fire effect. This phenomenon, known as an annular eclipse, occurs when the moon is near or at the furthest point in its orbit around the Earth. It'll be most visible in Eugene, Oregon, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and San Antonio, Texas. But we'll still be able to see a partial eclipse here in California. Just don't look with your naked eye. You should use eclipse glasses or a pinhole projector to safely view the eclipse. And that's the California Report for Friday, October 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Christopher Beale, Brian Douglas, Catherine Monahan, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay, And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a lucky Friday. Friday the 13th
0: Turning now to the regional weather forecast from the National Weather Service, a couple of weather systems are expected to impact our listening area this weekend, bringing breezy winds and light showers. This will likely impact the region's view of Saturday's annular eclipse. The event's peak will happen around 9:20 and current models are predicting a 60 to 100% chance of cloud cover at that time. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 51, Saturday partly cloudy with a high near 70. Cloudy skies will persist into Saturday evening, with temperatures dipping into the low 50s. On Sunday, it should be sunnier with a high near 77. For Truckee and the Lake Tahoe area, mostly cloudy tonight with a low around 36, Saturday will be partly cloudy with a high near 60. Saturday night, mostly cloudy with a low around 37. And Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 72 degrees. In Sacramento and the surrounding valley, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 56. Saturday, mostly cloudy before becoming sunny in the afternoon. Saturday's high will be 76. But the clouds will return to the valley skies on Saturday night. The low around 57. On Sunday, it'll be mostly sunny with a high near 83. Sunday night will be clear with a low around 56. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Just in time for Friday the 13th, KVMR's Kelly Reese brings us another installment of What You're Reading. In just a moment, she'll talk with Crystal Blue Jennings from the Nevada County Bear River Library. They'll discuss the library's horror and speculative fiction book club, what Nevada County readers are clamoring to get their hands on this fall, and upcoming library events perfect for the Halloween season.
4: It's October, it's Friday the 13th, and we set out to find spooky reads from the people who know best in Nevada County. That's right, librarians, and people who work in libraries but have other titles. If you haven't guessed it yet, this is the KVMR News Desk, back with the latest installment of What You're Reading. The new segment where we get hot takes from county library employees. Hearing from the experts about what should be on the top of your to be read list and what Nevada County readers are clamoring to get their hands on. Which brings us to why I waved goodbye to Claudio one fall afternoon. Bye Claudio. Bye Kelly. And drove from the KVMR station down to the Bear River Library on the Bear River High School campus in Grass Valley. Just for clarification, it serves as both a public county library and the school's library. I was in search of an expert to point what you're reading in the direction of some spooky reads. And let me tell you, I think I found her. Can you describe the sweater you're wearing? Oh.
3: (laughs) I today have on my Universal Monsters sweater, which has our love, the Frankenstein's monster, his lovely Bride of Frankenstein, the mummy, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Hi, I'm Crystal Blue Jennings with the Nevada County Library. I'm a supervisor for the Bear River and the Grass Valley Libraries, and I'm here to talk to you today about some spooky books for the season. So coming into the new season, I run a book club for the library called Book Club 217, and that's kind of an if-you-know-you-know type of title. So we are just finishing up Dr. Sleep because this is our end of our first year. We read The Shining, which was our first book of the year. So we're wrapping up with that. And we're going into Indigenous Peoples Month with a book called Coyote Rage by a man named Owl Going Back, which I'm really excited about. And then we have another one called Secret Santa that we'll be reading for Christmas. So it's just kind of like an 80s horror Just something fun and silly for the holiday seasons. Those are probably my two big looking forward to
4: this year. Book Club 217 is the library's horror and speculative fiction book club. Horror is a genre most readers will be familiar with. But what's speculative fiction?
3: So speculative fiction is kind of one of those things that lives in the middle. Like a historical romance can be speculative fiction if you add a little bit of a twist of the supernatural or a twist of the magic-y or a little twist of fantasy. It could be just straight history if you tweak it a little bit. Horror can be speculative. Speculative's kind of that wherever there's a what-if type of bit out there, which is kind of what I think gets a lot of people excited these days.
4: How'd you choose the name Book Club 217?
3: Well, this was me and my companion Cameron, also from the Nevada
4: County Library. And that name might sound familiar.
0: Hey there, Uh, I'm Cameron Reese. I am the Adult Services and Program Technician at the Madeline Howling Library. Thanks for having me.
4: Another What You're Reading alum.
3: We were kicking around names for our new book club, and everybody is very used to knowing that the room in The Shining from the movie is room 237. But if you know and you've read the book, it's room 217 in the book. So it's kind of a little bit of a deep cut, (laughs) kind of like you have to be a reader. We meet above Luton Lore on the third Thursday of every month at five o'clock to six, and we just sit around and talk all things spooky about the book we read that month. Whether we liked it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes the writing doesn't stick with everybody, but we just like to delve into the horror and the creepy goodness. So Luton Lore is our fun, local little witchy shop. And it's downtown. The book
4: club meets in a space above, above space above the shop that almost seems as if it were designed specifically to host readers discussing scary books.
3: A lot of antiques kind of speaks to the spooky. And if I remember correctly, Sin uh, actually told me that it, it was a mortuary at some point. So just to up the, the spooky factor, <laughs> we hang out with the dead people.
4: And you can join in the library's horror and speculative fiction book club at any time, even if you've missed all previous meetings.
3: Oh, yeah, please come by, get a book. We always have them. We have them based kind of at the Grass Valley Library. Feel free to look at what we have coming up. It's all on our events calendar on our website. And you can look and see if there's one that strikes your fantasy and come hang out with us.
4: By now, you know the drill. We have to ask what's on the top of Crystal's to-be-read list as an expert with impeccable spooky credentials.
3: I'm going to start out next year. I have never read Haunting of Hill House, and that's kind of a must for any real big horror fan. So.
4: Written by Bay Area native and all-around queen of horror, Shirley Jackson, she wrote more than 200 short stories and six novels. The book Stephen King called one of only two great novels of the supernatural in the last hundred years, and said, quote, it scared me as a teenager and it haunts me still. That's what I'm really looking forward to
3: say i did watch the show so i might have a little bit of input but the as we always say the book's always better
4: no live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality hill house not saying Popping in with a quick tip, listening to some of these scary stories can be just as creepy as reading them. You can rent physical books on CD from the Nevada County Libraries, or scan the digital resources Hoopla and Libby to see what's immediately available to listen to on your phone or computer. And here's where I insert a reminder of what Brittany Blake says in our first What You're Reading. All reading counts. It doesn't matter if it's graphic novel, audiobook, reading together, all of it's great. Are there certain horror or speculative fiction titles that Nevada County readers seem to be reaching for more than others? You know, there's always
3: the master. There's the king himself. You can't beat around (laughs) that the king is not one of the best out there. Um, I've seen a huge rise in Grady Hendrix, who kind of writes all over the board. I just finished his We Sold Our Souls, which is about our rockers who sold their souls, or somebody sold their souls for, for them and their fight to get their souls back and but he also we're reading his book how to sell a haunted house uh, later in this year which is a haunted house so he goes all over the place just having fun and his stuff tends to lean a little towards the more humorous so it's accessible not for everybody that's like super into heavy horror which it can go pretty dark sometimes (laughs) and i know uh just came out And that by R.F. Krang is another one. It's on, that's on my personal to-be-read list.
4: Babel, or The Necessity of Violence, An Arcane History of the Oxford Translators Revolution, falls under both speculative fiction and dark academia. Set in an alternate reality 1830s England, the book follows four new Oxford University students and their growing awareness that their academic efforts maintain Britain's imperialist supremacy. Their debate over how to prevent a burgeoning war and The Use of Islands. NPR and the Washington Post named it one of the best fantasy books of the year.
3: I think The New King just came out, which is part of the Holly Gibney series. It's just called Holly, and it follows the book The Outsider, which while being kind of detective-y is also kind of tweaking that reality using kind of that speculative fiction and horror to creep you out. I think that's one that's really kind of on people's radars and one that's not maybe coming out but has already been out is uh, what moves the dead by t kingfisher which is a take on the fall of the house of usher and it really just kind of takes the fall house house of usher and turns it on its side and just really sucks you in i finished it quite recently and really enjoyed it
4: for a while vampires were taking up all the air in the room has that changed are there other certain themes in horror that seem to be most popular right now
3: I think we've reached back into the realm of the haunted house. Last year was kind of the final girl year. All the great uh, horror authors uh, wrote a final girl book. So a final girl, if it's...
4: The term final girl was coined by Carol J. Clover in her 1992 book, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film, a Critical Examination of Slasher Movies a quintessential Final Girl, Laurie Strode in John Carpenter's Halloween. What about the boogeyman? There's no such thing. A female protagonist who manages to survive against all odds and defeats the movie's monster. Although the term is tied to slasher movies, Final Girls have been in existence in the literary space for decades. Think Mina Harker and Bram Stoker's Dracula. And more recently, the heroine of Silvia Moreno-Garcia's 2020 horror novel Mexican Gothic.
3: And so there were many books about the final girls. Grady Hendrix did a really good one called Final Girl Support Group. I think it was Riley Sager that did the last final girl. And then um, Stephen Graham Jones had a nice final girl book too. But yeah, there was a handful of real fun ones Mm -hmm. last year. And this year, I feel like the haunted houses are really coming back. I just read... The September House by Carissa Orlando and really enjoyed her take on A Haunted House and highly recommend it. In horror, you get a lot of people not being believed. And that's kind of the horror is that they're left to their own devices because nobody believes them.
4: What Nevada County readers have you noticed gravitating towards the horror genre? I
3: see it in the high school students and I see it in kind of your junior readers. There's a lot of like self-exploration that goes in in the YA and junior horror. There's a lot of books where it's like, hey, maybe a little bit about coming out and the scariness behind that or just the awkwardness of being a young person and figuring yourself out. But I also see more in the adults. It's not as shunned of a genre. It's not like you're just the weird goth kid that's reading horror it's like my mom's reading horror. It's fine.
4: <laughs> but it's not just scary reads the Nevada County Library has planned for this month.
3: We are doing a Halloween costume swap at Grass Valley Library from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. this coming Saturday the 14th. If you can, bring in a slightly used costume and the, before then and then come on in and pick out a new-to-you costume. We have the Creature Double...
4: The Grass Valley Library Branch hosts a creature double feature on Tuesday, October 17th from 7 to 930 p.m. Mark Lyon, Nevada County's resident supernatural expert, returns to the library this month as well. Check the Nevada County Library Calendar on their website for a list of all October activities.
3: I think the more I would just want to put it out there that horror can be for anyone. There's light horror, there's heavy horror. there's so many different genres within the horror and speculative fiction. If you don't like it, put it down, return it to your library, and check out something different. You know, I can understand not wanting to be scared, but maybe a little scared can be fun. All right, Nevada County, let's keep it spooky. Enjoy your Halloween
4: in October, and we'll see you at the library. I'm Kelly Reese for
0: KVMR News. And that's our newscast for this lucky day in October, Friday the 13th. Head on over to our website kvmr.org to listen to what you're reading again or better yet, subscribe to the kVMR news wherever you get your podcasts to have it delivered directly to your device. KVMR gets support from listeners like you and from underwriters like HBE rentals since 1994 offering equipment rentals for contractors, homeowners, and businesses. Open daily and reminding listeners that equipment rental is an environmentally sustainable option. HPE Rentals information at GoHPE.com and Green Acres Nursery and Supply. Fall is planting time for spring-blooming bulbs. Selections of bulb varieties and tips on bulb preparation for success in the spring are available in-store and online at I dig greenacres.com. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. Thanks for listening. I'm Claudio Mendonça. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.